Hello, Real Life family and friends. This is Pastor Tim with you starting off a new year as we celebrate uh, the new beginnings, you know, that God gives us. These seasons of life, seasons of time. God created these seasons. You know, he gave us a day with uh, uh, the sun and the moon and, and the 24-hour period. He gave us a week with seven days and the seasons of months with the cycle of the moon and years. And so it's a new year. And as we start this new year, I'm challenging all of us as a real life family to give the first of this year to God. And so starting today, January 7th through January 27th, uh, we are going on a 21 day time of prayer and fasting and seeking God. So we're calling this seek, seek to seek God first. Jesus said, seek first my kingdom and, uh, and or seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? And everything else will fall into place. Everything else will be given to you as well, but to put God first. And so I'm challenging us to a time of prayer and fasting. And throughout this message, as I continue to uh, teach us the power of prayer and fasting, I'm praying that God will inspire you to take this challenge on so that you draw closer to him and that we give the very first of this year to God. And as we do that, as I always say, we give the first and the best and the rest will be blessed, right? That's the really the, the idea of um, God's heart is that we recognize him first in our lives. We recognize him first as our provider and that all that we have is coming from him, our breath, our life, our day, our family, our energy, the ability to make money, the ability to pay bills, everything comes from him. And when we put him first and we honor him and worship him and recognize him in those ways, then he continues to pour out his blessing upon us. But when we take his position and we put our first ourselves first and we put God on the side, then all the pressure's on us, and we don't do a really good job of running our lives. <laughs> so let's put him first. Let's seek him together. And so I want to teach again today on the power of prayer and fasting. So I'd like to start off by sharing with you a story out of Matthew chapter 17. And we're going to read the whole story, and we're going to find some powerful truths out of this story and the teaching that Jesus gives as a result. So let me read the whole story for you. This is Matthew chapter 17, starting in verse 14. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. So this was um, an interesting story that happened. And up until this point, you know, the disciples were given authority by Jesus to heal, to cast out demons, and they were sent out and they were doing these things. But in this particular point, in this particular story, um, they were unable to heal this boy. For some reason, they were unable to cast out this demon. And so the father came directly to Jesus in desperation saying, what do I do? Lord, can you help? If you can, please do something. But your disciples, they weren't able to help me. So Jesus comes on the scene and this is his response. In verse 17, he says, you unbelieving and perverse generation. We're going to come back to this statement in a minute. Unbelieving and perverse generation. 
Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. But his disciples were embarrassed because they weren't able to, you know, help in this situation. And so they came to him and it says the disciples came to Jesus in private because they didn't want to, you know, embarrass themselves anymore. But they came to him and, and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied in verse 20, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So that's the story as recorded by Matthew. But this story is also recorded by Mark in chapter 9 and in Luke in chapter 9. And so let's talk about this a little bit. The first thing I want to draw your attention to in this story is why the disciples could not heal the boy. And Jesus said this phrase. He says, you unbelieving and perverse generation. And in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus also said, because you have so little faith. So Jesus is identifying the problem with these two words, unbelief and perverse, right? Now, unbelief is when we are not believing God. And that's a result of us not being connected to God. It's all about connection. Unbelief, if we're connected to God, when we are close to God, when we are in his word, when we're hearing from him, when we're with him and we're close to him, what, what, what arises within us is faith. We, our confidence in God rises when we are spending time with him, when we're listening to him, when he's leading us, when he's guiding us, when we're feeling his presence in our lives, when we're closely connected to God, there is a high level of trust and faith in him because we know him. We know him. We know his character. We know his his uh, faithfulness. We know his, um, his word and his power. And so unbelief is a result of not being connected to God. And the opposite is true of the word perverse. Perverse is to be too connected to the world. <laughs> so the, the real problem here that I think Jesus is identifying is connection. I want to just reference... Um, a message that I was listening to recently by Chris Hodges. That's where I received some of this information, and I just want to give credit to, to that pastor. This is such a powerful thought as we look at what Jesus is saying. Our lack of connection to God results in unbelief, and our over-connection to the world, becoming like the world, thinking like the world, results in perversity, things being twisted in us, not seeing things as clearly, not believing as clearly, right? And those two things work in opposite directions. So in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17, it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. These are in opposite directions, right? For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So the Bible paints this picture of, of our connection to God and our connection to the world as two opposite directions. 
And so Jesus is really saying the same thing two different ways. He's saying, on the one hand, unbelief results from you not being connected to God enough. But on the other hand, perversity means you're too connected and too dialed in to a fallen, broken world. And so this is interesting. And then he gives a solution uh, to this problem. Here's the problem. You're not connected enough to God. You're too connected to the world. There's unbelief and perversity. He's, he's labeling this. But then in the story, the same story in Mark chapter 9, I referenced this verse last week. In the same story in Mark 29, um, in the New King James Version, Jesus said to them, This kind can only come out by, by nothing but prayer and fasting. So Jesus is saying the solution is prayer and fasting. All right, it's prayer and fasting. Why? Because prayer connects us to God and it undoes unbelief, doesn't it? If unbelief is a lack of connection, connection with God, God, a closeness with God, because we're, that lack of connection results in us doubting God, not believing in God, not knowing His true character, prayer does just the opposite. It fixes that problem. It draws us closer to God. Prayer is connecting to God. And then fasting actually cuts us off or disconnects us from the world. <laughs> That's why this is so powerful. So Jesus like, the solution is prayer, which connects us to God, and fasting, which disconnects us from the world, from our cravings, from uh, putting the flesh in charge, and, and just cutting that off and saying, I'm not going to be listening to you. I'm not going to be giving you the priority of my attention. I'm going to give the priority of my attention to God. I'm going to strengthen my spirit. I'm going to weaken my flesh. I'm going to focus on God. I'm not going to focus on this world and my, my desires. Isn't this powerful? And so I believe as we take this 21 days of focused prayer and fasting, that we are going to draw closer to God, that our magnet, magnetism towards God is going to strengthen and the connections that we have with this world and the flesh and sin is going to weaken. And that's our desire, and that's the power of prayer and fasting. Prayer fixes unbelief because it connects us to God. The more we spend time with God, listening to God, learning from God, studying about God, the more we're going to be growing our faith and understanding who He is and what He's done and who we are in Him. Amen? And so as we give more time to that, we're going to be building our faith, strengthening our faith. Romans 10, 17, uh, again in the New King James Version says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so we're going to dive into the Word of God. We're going to dive into prayer. We're going to dive into these spiritual disciplines to strengthen our connection with God. 2 Peter 1, verses 3 to 4 say, say this, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Did you see that phrase? Through our knowledge. So there is this idea of as we are growing in the knowledge of God, we are accessing all the divine promises that God has already made available to us. He has already given us everything we need to live a godly life, but we don't know what we don't know until we know it. <laughs> and so the pursuit of God, seeking God, 
is to grow in our connection with God, to grow in our knowledge of God, so that we are accessing more of, of what he's already done for us. So in verse 4 of 2 Peter chapter 1, it goes on to say, Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Again, we see this comparison, pursuing God, um, accessing the promises of God, having everything that we need for life and godliness through knowing God, through growing in the knowledge of God versus escaping and coming away from the corruption uh, in this world caused by our evil desires. We're saying no to that, no to the world, yes to God. Now, fasting, as I mentioned earlier, fixes perversity because it disconnects us from the world. Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Our flesh is not in alignment with, with the Spirit. Okay, Our flesh, our evil flesh, our evil desires, our, our sinful nature, right? It's competing against God's will for our life. And it goes on to say, And the Spirit desires what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. They're not on the same team. Our flesh, our evil desires, our sinful nature, and the Spirit of God working in us are not in unison at all. They are in opposite camps. And it says, so that you are not to do whatever you want. That's our flesh. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind, right? Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. So we're not going to be, be like the world. We're going to we're going to say no to this, we're going to say yes to God, and we will become like God. 1 Peter 2.11 says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Our sinful desires. Now, our, our, um, our flesh will never be satisfied, and we are prone to feed our flesh as human beings. We're prone to be controlled or run by our flesh, our desires, our feelings, our emotions, our will, um, our thoughts. We're, we're prone to be controlled by those things, but God wants us to be controlled by the Spirit. And when we are controlled by our flesh, it leads us into sin. I mean, we need to eat, we need to drink. It's okay to have joy, have fun, and, and, you know, feel good. Those things are fine. But what, when we feed into that, um, eventually that will lead us into overly compensating for the flesh and sinning. We begin to do things contrary to God's law. And so that causes death in us and around us. And so that's what this is about. Fasting cause a big old timeout on our flesh. And it just disciplines and put boundaries back into place on our flesh to remind our flesh, you're not in charge. I'm putting the Spirit in charge of my life. James puts it this way, this process. He says, when tempted, no one should say that God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But this is how it works. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire 
and enticed. So our evil desires drag us away into some sort of a temptation. And then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Once, we, once that desire grows in us and we're dragged away by it, we give in to that temptation, we sin. When we sin, then the Bible says that sin begins to grow. And when it's full grown, it gives birth to death. And that's the process of our sinful nature killing us, right? And so that's part of the power of fasting, is checking our flesh, putting it in its proper place. Because when we put the flesh in charge, God is not. God is not in charge, right? When we put our flesh in charge, the spirit is not in control. Galatians or Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 reminds us as soon as Adam and Eve served their appetite, they lost their dominion. They lost their God-given dominion on the earth as soon as they let their flesh take over. Genesis 3:6 says when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, it was pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She broke God's law, and it was because of her flesh. Listen to this. When she saw the fruit of the tree was good for food, that's the lust of the flesh that I read about in 1 John. And it's like, ooh, I like, I like that. Yummy, yummy. That's the lust of the flesh. The flesh wants things. I, I like that. That tastes good. That feels good. Then it says, and it was pleasing to her eye, and that's the lust of the eyes. That's where it says, ooh, I like what I see. I want that. Give me, give me. Yummy, yummy, give me, give me, <laughs> right? And then finally it says, and it was a desirable for gaining wisdom. It would do something to prop up her pride. That's the pride of life. And we look around and say, this is who, look at who I am. Look at me, right? So we're like, yummy, give me, and look at me. That's the three big categories of our fallen nature, and Adam and Eve fell into that, and the flesh took over, and they immediately lost a relationship with God. They lost their dominion. They lost their dominion that God had given them. And it's the same with us. As soon as our flesh is running the show, we are falling away from God. We're falling away from our created purpose and our place of dominion over the creation that God has placed under our care. So we see that Jesus wants us to have a life of prayer and fasting in the church. Listen to this, Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 to 15. It says, Then John's disciples came and asked him, asked Jesus, How is it that we and the, and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. So Jesus wasn't against fasting. In fact, he fasted and he expected when he left, when he ascended into heaven, that, that his disciples, his followers, would practice the discipline of fasting. Also, we see that in the early church, um, they practiced prayer and fasting. I think I mentioned this last week as well, but in Acts chapter 13, we see the church practicing prayer and fasting. In verse 2, it says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. 
So this is pretty powerful. The church was gathered together in prayer and fasting often, and the Holy Spirit and God would speak um, in those times and give them divine direction and what to do. So we see this was a normal part of the church, the early church, um, after Jesus ascended into heaven. And we also see Paul exercising the spiritual discipline in his life. He says this in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty seven. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. And so we see that this is a spiritual discipline all the way from before the days of Jesus, all the way back into the Old Testament. We see Moses, we see so many different people fasting and praying. And today we carry that discipline on for the benefit of drawing closer to God and disconnecting from a fallen world that's trying to capture our hearts, our attention, our lives. And so we have a body. We live in a body. We know this. We live in a body. We have a soul. We have a mind, a will, and emotions. And, but we are a spirit. So we have these three dimensions to our existence, body, soul, and spirit. We're a three-part being. And our body helps us connect to ourselves, right? I mean, I, I, I can hit this table, my body, I'm feeling that. I, it kind of hurts a little bit if I do it too hard. My body is helping me connect with me, with myself, right? It's telling me how I feel, what I need, uh, what I want, all that kind of stuff. Now, my soul helps us connect to others, right? That's the emotions, that's the interactions, the relationships, my thoughts, my decisions, my feelings. My soul helps me to connect with others. But my spirit, your spirit, helps you connect with God. Now, right now in your life, one of these is the strongest. Which one is it? Are you, the, are you more strongly connected to your, yourself? Is your body in charge? Is your soul, your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts, your, your will, uh, and, and relationships, is that the thing that's stronger than anything else? Or is it your connection with God, your spirit? Because one of those three aspects of your existence right now is stronger than the others. And it dictates the priorities of how you interact with your, your world and your life. When your body connection is the strongest, you do what your body craves. Your body, in those moments, doesn't care about your soul, doesn't care about your spirit. Your body just is whining and, and screaming and saying, I want this, right? I want, I want to feel this. I want this. I want, I'm craving this, right? Now, when your soul connection is the strongest, you're being controlled by your emotions or your thoughts or your will. And you can harm your body. You can deaden your spirit. So many people who are being controlled by their emotions, maybe it's pain, maybe it's anger, maybe it's frustration, maybe it's worry. That, when the soul is in charge like that, and, and that's taking dominion of your existence, you, you can harm your body. You can get sickness and diseases and things like that to your body. It can cut you off from God. Unforgiveness can cut your relationship off with God, it can deaden your ability to hear God's voice in your life. And so we, we can't let our soul be in charge either. We don't want our body to be in charge. We don't want our soul to be in charge. They're not supposed to be. But we do want our spirit to be in charge. 
And when our spirit is in charge, that means God's in charge. And he's running the show. And the Bible says when the Holy Spirit is in control, when you are governed by the Spirit, the results of that is life and peace to you. It puts The Holy Spirit puts proper guidelines and boundaries on our soul and on our body. And we're in alignment with God's Word so that our body in its proper use and function, according to God's Word, will prosper. And it won't be abused and, and cause harm to us and to others. And our emotions will be filtered through the Holy Spirit. Our decisions will be filtered through the Holy Spirit. Our will will bend, <laughs> will bend back towards the will of God and lead us into prosperity. And so the Spirit is what you and I are designed to have in charge of our existence, the Holy Spirit. That's the whole goal. And I believe prayer and fasting is a great tool to help reorientate ourselves to a spirit life, not a flesh-driven life. Here's a couple of verses for you. This is God's design for your life, to be spirit-filled, spirit-led, and spirit-directed. Jesus said this in John 6, 63. He said, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. How more clear could Jesus be to us? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Romans 8, 6 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Galatians 6, 8 says, Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. However, whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Jesus said this in John 7, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit will be like a river of living water, welling up within you. And that is what is to lead you, empower you, guide you, and direct you. Now, as I wrap this message up, I wanted to just also highlight what we can expect, what you can expect from this season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And then I want to give you a couple of details on how we're going to do this. In Isaiah chapter 58, we don't have time to go through this whole chapter, but this chapter is all about fasting and praying and seeking God. And in the beginning of the chapter, God is showing them how they've done it wrong. They've done it as a religious obligation. They've done it without their hearts being engaged in God. They've done it out of hypocrisy and, and without true repentance, without a true heartfelt devotion to God. They just did it as an obligation, and they did it with really kind of an um, expectation that if we just check these boxes, then God, God will take care of us. But, that, but God is saying, that's not, the, that's not how to do it. I want your heart. I want your true heart that you would truly seek me, truly serve me, truly surrender to me. And then God goes on to say, if you do it this way, if you do this right. And so I want to challenge you and me. If we truly seek after him, 
during these 21 days, then I believe we can access these same promises today listed in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 8 and 9. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. I believe that God is going to bring healing to you and to me. There's a variety of types of healing that might take place, physical, emotional, mental, relational, but I believe that there is healing for you and for me as we seek Him and we do this with the right hearts, not as a religious obligation, but because we're hungry for God, because we're desperate for Him, because we want to connect with Him, we want to draw closer to Him. The promise of God is when you do this, I will, your healing will show up. Amen? The second promise in this passage says, then your righteousness will go before you. And the Bible talks about a, a highway of righteousness or a path of righteousness. And, and that just means you're back on course. You're back on track. Maybe there's parts of your life that are too worldly, that you've given yourself to different things. And this prayer and fasting time will help you get back on track. It doesn't mean you're perfect. Righteousness in this regard doesn't mean that you're perfect. It means you're back on track and you're seeking God. It's really about holiness. You're being separated back unto God. So you have healing and you're going to experience holiness. You're going to get back on track. And finally, it says, And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. Now, this is a great promise. God says, when you pray and fast, when you seek me truly with your heart, you will cry out to me and you will find help. I will help you. I will hear you. Isn't that a great promise? I believe that as we do this, that whatever your cry is to God, he is going to hear and he is going to bring help to you. There's healing, there's holiness, and there's help for you that we can anticipate from the promises of God. As we seek Him, we are going to find Him. We're going to find His help. We're going to find His righteousness, His holiness. We're going to find His healing. I hope this motivates you to really dig in and go after Him. So to do this, we've provided some uh, challenges and some resources and so on. And we're going to start on January 7th, which is Sunday. We're going to end it um, on the 27th. On a Saturday night, we're going to have a praise and worship night that night. It's going to be a powerful time where we're going to have some testimonies and some ministry and just a great time of worship um, at 6.30 on January 27th at the church. But I want to mention to you, uh, there's a link in this, the description of this video that you can get all this information from. It's yourreallife.com slash seek2024 yourreallife.com slash seek2024. And in that uh, link, you can find all the information and resources that we're providing to help you connect with God during these 21 days. And there's five challenges I'm asking each of us to consider. Number one, to pick a fast. There's some options there. You can read about it. Um, as you look into it, if you're new to fasting, start with something really small. Start with something really simple. And make sure that you're healthy and it's okay with your doctors to do a fast, okay? But for whatever level of fasting you can do, um, you're going to also include in that time prayer. So the first part is to pick a fast. The second challenge is to remove distractions. 
This whole thing is to cut off. Remember, it's a twofold process. We're saying no to worldly things and activities and distractions, and we're saying yes to God. And so we're going to give up food, and we're going to give up other distractions so we can focus on having more time with God and seeking Him. So maybe give up uh, watching TV or movies or social media or things that are consuming a lot of your time and focus in on connecting with God. The third challenge is to pray, right? This is prayer and fasting. It's the, we can't just do fasting, fasting. If you just do fasting and you're not seeking God, that's just a diet, right? And we're not going on a diet here. I mean, it, it, it might have some really good healthy benefits to our, to our bodies, but the, the point is we're not dieting. We are seeking God. So we must add prayer and a focus on Him. And so um, come to as many prayer meetings as you can. Come to as many church services as you can and establish some prayer time with God when you are fasting, when you're giving up that, that eating time. We have a couple of different prayer meetings that we're going to be planning. So on Tuesday mornings during this time at 8 a.m., uh, on January 9th, 16th, and the 23rd at the church, if you can make any of those. Thursdays at noon on the 11th, 18th, and the 25th. And Sunday mornings at 8.15 on the 7th, 14th, and 21st. So these are our special prayer times as well as our special worship night on January 27th. The th I think the fourth challenge is to read the Word. To pick a reading plan that you are growing and building your faith by knowing God, increasing your knowledge of God. Now, I've given you three different options, okay? You can do whatever you want if you want a different option, but the option that I have included uh, is to read one chapter of the Gospel of John, one chapter of Psalms, and one chapter of Proverbs a day. That would be three chapters a day. It really isn't a lot of reading, uh, especially if you're focusing more time on God. But if you want to read more and study more, another challenge, the next challenge would be kind of twice as much reading, would be to read all four Gospels in the book of Acts. And that would be about six chapters a day. And if you're really serious, you really want to read a lot, you really want to do something special, I challenge you to try to read the whole New Testament in 21 days. That would be about 12 chapters a day. And I've put all of these um, options into a journal, which is my last challenge to you. And really, everything's built around this journal. So um, you can access this journal online. We have printed copies for you at our church. And I'm hoping everybody will grab a journal because in the journal in the beginning is all this information. Plus, it's why are we doing this? It helps you answer the question, why am I taking this time to pray and, and fast and seek God? And then it gives you some uh, options of objectives of what you're focusing your, your time on when you're with God. And then uh, it gives you a place in the beginning to put down all your prayer requests. And then there's a page for every single day with a promise of God in His Word for when you seek Him, what, what that promise will be. It also has a prayer focus for the day and a place for you to write down your thoughts that God is sharing with you in your heart and a place to write down your prayer. And so there's, a, there's two pages for every day for you to take on this journey to capture what is God doing in your life? What's he saying? What are you praying for? What's happening? And you can take this journal and it'll help guide you along the path. In the back of the journal are the Bible reading schedules as well. So everything you need uh, is there in this resource. I hope that you can do this journey with us. 
And my prayer for you, for me, for our church is that God would bring a revival to us individually and a revival to our church and we would draw closer to Him and we would just have a uh, renewed, uh, energized uh, experience in God and we would be closer to Him and our faith would be built and we would just have an extraordinary encounter with the presence of God. So Lord, here we are. We just come to you and ask God that as we seek you, all of these promises that you have given us will take place, that we will find you, that we will, we will find life, that we will build our faith, that we will have a vision, we'll have passion, we'll have healing, we'll have righteousness, Lord, that we'll have help, that you'll be there for us and you'll become more and more real to us. God, I just pray your blessing on my friend who's listening and watching right now. God, that you would do a great breakout in their life, a great work in their heart during these 21 days. And God, as we all come to you and seek you, we thank you and we acknowledge that life is only found in you. So Lord, pour out your spirit upon us. Pour out your life upon us. We need you. We love you. We want you. We need you. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Touch us. Touch us. Do a great work in us, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am excited for what God's about to do as you seek Him. Let's seek Him together. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace in His name. Amen. Amen. Hey, one more time. That website is yourreallife.com slash seek twenty. 24. So go there for all of the resources I just mentioned. God bless you.